Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 24. Here's Pastor Ryan. Israel, huh? We got to keep Israel in your prayer. We got to pray for them. Uh, we heard today that Lebanon has shot some rockets into Israel, and so it's been a while since that has taken place. So, what's going on there? We have to keep our eye on it. We need to pray for them. Israel is the center of prophecy in the Bible, and so we're keeping a, a loving eye on Israel, praying for them, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but also for the salvation of God's people according to the flesh. I think it's important. Um, God told Abraham that he would bless those who blessed him and curse those who cursed him. And so I believe that that's still valid uh, for today, especially that we, we know through scripture that God's not done with them, that God's going to bring about a revival during the great tribulation. So it's uh, interesting times we're living in. Keep them in your prayer. We'll say a prayer for them right now before we begin. But also, I, I'm excited about this weekend and being able to go to Mexico and see what the Lord might do. We're all stepping out in faith. You know, uh, it's not popular to travel at this time, but to see that so many people have signed up. I think we have 36 people going. It's just tremendous, beautiful thing that so many are stepping out in faith. And God always meets us when we do. Yes, pray for us for travel mercies, but I say pray for us now before even because we know that the enemy will try to disrupt, discourage families from from going. And so we want to pray for all that are going that they would be blessed and defended by our Lord as they prepare to go. And also pray that many would come to know Jesus Christ, the love of Christ while we're there. Amen. So Father, we come before you this evening just grateful that you are our loving Father, our loving God, that your mercies are new every day, your graces are new, your kindnesses are new, your forgiveness is there for us, Lord. And tonight we just pray, cleanse us, we pray, Father. We cleanse us from the filth of this world, of our hearts, and anything that we may have picked up prior to coming here, Lord. And as the disciples, Lord, as you wash their feet, Lord Jesus, we ask that you would wash our hearts tonight. And as we study your word, speak to us, Lord. You know the condition of every person here. You know where they're at, and we can guarantee you that you love them. And I pray that they would know that, and that you would speak to them in a special way, Lord. Father, I can do nothing without you. Please bless these words. May it be of you and none of me. Holy Spirit, overflow, empower this place, empower us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So turn with me in your Bibles this evening to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 24. We'll be beginning in verse 8. We only have one chapter after this, guys. Pretty cool, huh? To go through the Old Testament together. And we started in Genesis and we've made our way all the way to the 24th chapter of 2 Kings. And at Calvary Chapel, for those of you who don't know, that's what we do. We go through the whole Bible. And here, we are basically going to be reading about the destruction of Jerusalem, the captivity of God's people in Jerusalem, Judea. The southern kingdom of Judah is about to be taken by the 
Babylonians into captivity because of their sins towards the Lord. They had turned away from God after God had blessed the nation so tremendously. And it's the southern kingdom of Judah because God had divided the kingdom of Israel into two countries, two nations, because of their sins. And the northern kingdom of Israel had been taken into captivity for their sins by the Assyrians. And so we see that God's word is sure. It always is. The Bible, what God says comes to pass. What God promises comes to pass whether it's in the positive for blessings or whether it's in the negative when it comes to warnings of sin and the consequences of those sins so in studying the kings we should always try to keep in mind ourselves as we study them because you know they they are men just like us people just like us and God gives everyone a choice to whether or not to choose Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or not God has given this world free will and so keep that in mind King Josiah the last good king of the southern kingdom of Judah he died and his son Jehoahaz took over after him and he reigned for only three months because the king of Egypt took him into captivity to Egypt to where Jehoahaz would die. And the interesting thing about our section of scripture is Jeremiah the prophet was prophesying during this time. You got Haggai, Isaiah, various prophets were warning. And even uh, Jehoahaz, even though he reigned for three months, he was warned, he was warned to turn but he did not and he reigned for for only three months and he did evil in the sight of the lord and then after jehoahaz his brother his older brother elakim was placed on the throne by pharaoh sort of as a puppet and pharaoh renamed him to jehoakim and jehoakim reigned for 11 years in judah and he too did evil in the sight of the lord and he was basically a pawn for Pharaoh. And then in his days, Babylon was on a roll. They were the new power in the world. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jehoiakim during his time. And Jehoiakim became a vassal for three years, meaning he was subject to the Babylonians. He was called to pay them tribute and that's what he did for three years but there was a moment where he rebelled against the king of babylon and they believe it's because egypt had defended babylon from taking over their country in a small battle and so at that point they say jehoiakim rebelled against the king of babylon and because he rebelled king nebuchadnezzar sent raiders to go into judah and these raiders were of the nations that were subject to the Babylonians. They were nations that they had conquered, and they were local to Israel, except for the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans came from Babylon, but it was the Syrians, the Moabites, and the Ammonites all came against Jehoiakim. And then in Second Chronicles chapter 36, it tells us that Nebuchadnezzar came up to Jerusalem himself, and he bound Jehoiakim in fetters and took him off to Babylon. And so we see the judgment of God coming upon Judah. Nothing can stop it. 
the Lord's word is coming forth, and it's what God had prophesied would take place because of their sins. Jehoiakim apparently somehow made it back to Jerusalem, we're not told. It says that Jehoiakim, he died, and in Jeremiah 22, we are told that no one lamented for him, like his death was prophesied that no one would care because he was such a wicked king. He did evil. He killed the Lord's prophets. He chose to do evil just like Jehoahaz did. Jeremiah said concerning him, he shall be buried with the burial of a donkey, dragged and cast out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. A terrible funeral for him, one that the people did not mourn for him because he was so wicked and so evil. But again, these are just reminders, you know, what takes place for those who choose not to walk with the Lord, especially those with such knowledge of the scripture, such a heritage. Jerusalem was a mess. The kingdom was a mess. There was idol worship. There was perversion. Really, that is unbelievable. Homosexuality was rampant, but not like in the outskirts, but practiced there amongst the temple. The children were being sacrificed to pagan gods. It was a terrible, wicked time, and all of these things are taking place because of their sin. We're told that the king of Egypt also did not come out anymore from Egypt because Babylon became just the the world power. They were too strong, and Babylon had taken the brook of Egypt all the way to the river Euphrates. Any land that Egypt had, the Babylonians were taking. The Babylonians were the world power. In verses 1 through 7, we see that they came against Judah, and in 605 BC, this is where the first captives are taken to Babylon for 70 years. Verse 8, we read, Jehoiachim was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Enathan of Jerusalem, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. Jehoiachim was also named Jeconiah and Coniah, so he had three names and he did evil in the sight of the Lord as well he did so much evil that the Lord cursed him in Jeremiah 22 verse 30 Jeremiah said concerning Coniah thus says the Lord write this man down as childless a man who shall not prosper in his days for none of his descendants shall prosper in his days For none of his descendants shall prosper, sitting on the throne of David and ruling anymore in Judah. And so there was this prophecy concerning him that he was was so wicked that the Lord told that no one from his lineage would reign on the throne of David. And that's a very interesting and important thing that this Jehoiachim, no one could reign from his lineage, that he would be childless. Because in Joseph's genealogy in the book of Matthew, and I'm going to have you turn there with me. I know it's a lot of information tonight, but it's not too much application because it's a lot of detail as far as really the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and how all of this plays into 
to his lordship. But if you turn with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Joseph, we'll begin in verse 6. It said, David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham, and Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh, Manasseh begot Amon, and Amon begot Josiah. And Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. So you see the genealogy of Joseph here. It's the gene- both genealogies in the gospel are about the Lord, but this one's about Joseph. And Jeconiah's name is in there. So if Jeconiah's name is in this lineage, if this was the only genealogy that we would have of, of Joseph, then Jesus could not be the Messiah because of the curse in Jeremiah 22 that forbid anybody from the lineage of jo- Jeconiah of leading. You following me? But in Luke's gospel, we have the genealogy of Mary, which goes back to King David as well, but through a different line, which affirms Jesus is the lineage of King David and is the Messiah. So you see, it's a lot of detail here, but it's, it's who this Jehoiachin is. And he was cursed because he was so wicked. And this is one of the reasons why we have two genealogies in the gospel. So it's a really interesting thing and in how the Lord had to come through the line of David, but not through Jehoiachin. He did evil. And at that time, the servants, verse 10, of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city as his servants were besieging it. And so Jehoiachim, like Jehoiakim, his father, rebelled against the Babylonians, stopped paying them tribute. The Babylonians, as they were establishing themselves as a world power, they're battling other nations in various places. And so perhaps Jehoiachim thought, you know what, He's, they're too busy, they're, not gonna, they're gonna miss us not paying them, but for some reason he rebelled. Nebuchadnezzar sent his servants down there to besiege Jerusalem, and then it got to the point where Nebuchadnezzar came himself, and then we read that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, his mother, his servants, his princes, and his officers went out to the king of Babylon and the king of Babylon in the eighth year of his reign and took him prisoner. And so this is now the second captives are taken from Judah to Babylon, including the prophet Ezekiel. And then in verse 13, we read, and he carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. And he cut in pieces all the articles of gold, which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. And so here it's very sad, the temple's being ransacked, and, and again, the articles of gold, bronze being broken down and taken, Um, by the enemies and the writer says that this was according to what the Lord had forewarned King Solomon 
And I'd like for us to turn there this evening, uh, 1 Kings chapter 9, please, so we can read what the Lord had warned King Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 9, beginning in verse 4. And the Lord had appeared to Solomon, and this is what he says to him. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. But if you or your sons at all turn from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them and this house which I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among the, all the peoples. And as for this house, that's a temple, which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and will hiss and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have embraced other gods, and worshipped them and served them. Therefore the Lord has brought all this calamity on them. So we see that fulfilled in the Babylonians taking these articles out of the temple. They're, it's a sad sight. He carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he cut in pieces all the articles of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. But not only was Solomon warned about this, Jeremiah, as, as I mentioned, prophesied that these things would take place all the other prophets they warned judah because god's a merciful god and god desires to warn people to turn to jesus christ and not live for themselves and not live for this world but to give their lives to jesus christ to the son of god in jeremiah 22 verse 6 through 10 it says jeremiah says for thus says the lord to the house of the king of judah you are gilead to me the head of lebanon yet i surely will make you a wilderness cities which are not inhabited i will prepare destroyers against you everyone with his weapons they shall cut down your choice cedars and cast them into the fire and many nations will pass by this city and everyone will say to his neighbor why has the lord done so to this great city then they will answer because they had forsaken the covenant of the lord their god and worshiped other gods and served them weep not for the dead nor bemoan him weep bitterly for him who goes away for he shall return no more nor see his native country anymore and so it's very sad but it was prophesied it was forewarned and then we go on in verse 14 also he carried into captivity all jerusalem all the captains of all the mighty men of valor ten thousand captives and all the craftsmen and smiths none remained except the poorest people of the land and he carried jehoiachim captive to babylon the king's mother the king's wives his officers and the mighty of the land he carried into captivity from jerusalem to babylon all the valiant men, 7,000, and 
craftsmen and smiths, 1,000, all who were strong and fit for war. These the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. Then the king of Babylon made Metaniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. And Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamtel, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He also did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, this happened in Jerusalem and Judah, and he finally cast them out from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. So the end is coming. One more chapter. But as we see God's mercy in the warnings, the lesson is clear to us to take warning and to warn others as well. That's really what the book of First and Second Kings in. It's a cautionary tale. Choose what life you want to live for the Lord or for this world that's perishing. You know, Jesus calls people out of the world, out of their sins, to save them. That's why he died on the cross, that whoever would believe in them will be saved. And so we have a world out there that's perishing, and we need to warn them, because God's merciful. God wants to use you and I to warn them. Judgment's coming, it it is. And what lives ought we to live because of that reality? That Jesus can come at any moment for his church, What condition will the world be in the day after that happens? Think about our neighbors, our family, our friends. We need to give people warning. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 through 39, Jesus said, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking and given into marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. He's coming. And he came humbly as a servant king. But he's coming back to make things right, to turn this world around. And if people will not put their faith in him and follow him, then they're going to perish. And so this is why we need to warn. We need to take heed for ourselves and for others. I I think that as believers, we ought not to take sin lightly. We ought not to be complacent in our lives. We look at the kingdom of Judah. They're being taken as slaves uh, to Babylon. They're being taken into captivity. And slavery is a picture of sin and bondage and this world is in it we were slaves to sin before we came to know the lord but once we have come to jesus christ he sets us free from our sins he sets us free from death and the condemnation that is to come in romans chapter 6 verse 16 through 18 paul says do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey you are that one slaves whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We need to take warning 
It's not time to dabble in sin if you're a believer in Christ. We need to stay away from sin. We need to cry out to God to be holy, to be pure in these last days. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And Satan is looking for a foothold, and he just, a little won't hurt, a little won't hurt. Yes, it will. A little will hurt. A little sin uh, leavens the whole lump. Jesus said, if your, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for us to enter into heaven maimed than to enter into hellfire with all of our body parts. So, warning for us, warning for the world. Paul would say in Galatians 6, verse 7 through 8, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, above.